Hey everyone, this is Weird Flicks, but okay. I'm Chelsea. And I'm Eric. And in this episode, we are going to talk about 10 essential Halloween movies. Ooh. Right? That was really spooky. (laughs) One of those things. (laughs) I know exactly what you're talking about, (laughs) and it's very specific. Yeah, very specific. (laughs) So this isn't just a list of... First of all, it's not our favorite movies necessarily, and it's not just a list of, like, horror movies. It's Halloween-specific. Yeah. And that's super nuanced. It's like, there's horror, and then there are movies that work better as, like, a Halloween vibe. It's like a vibe. I can barely put it into words. It's just a vibe, you know? (laughs) We're just vibing right now on Halloween. We're talking about movies that pass the Halloween vibe check. Correct. (laughs) And, like, that's a little different for everyone. Like, for me, again, it's like a, I don't know, it's like a certain feeling. That This is why you're on the podcast, because you <laughs> can do words and vocab, and I cannot. But We need I, at least one person on the podcast who can talk. <laughs> yeah, that's usually helpful to a podcast. It does, yeah, it helps a bit. But um, for me, I don't know, a lot of times Halloween movies have sort of a lighter air about them. Like, they can be horrific and creepy and weird, but I think even edging more towards the creepy and almost sometimes a caricature of themselves. Like, there's a few movies on my list that at least kind of tick that box. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think it is very subjective as to what makes a movie Halloween-vibed or whatever. But... It's. I think it's fun to explore why things may be Halloween-y to us and why things might not fit that criteria despite being, like, a great movie or a great scary movie or Exactly. Whatever. Like, maybe more adult scary horror films are your Halloween vibe, and that's cool, too. Yeah. Maybe you were raised on that with Halloween, you know? Maybe yeah. you grew up watching that kind of stuff. Or maybe you spend Halloween being scared about, like, the world falling apart. Because I think some of us probably do that every day. But whatever your tradition is, there is a subjective sort of nature to Halloween. And we all we all want to feel different spooks from it, I think. Yeah. So should we get into our list right away? Sure. Okay, so we have a list of ten movies. Again, these aren't, like, our all-time favorites or anything. But these are ten essential movies that would be a great choice to watch on Halloween or during Halloween season. Yes. We each sort of came up with five, but agreed. This list could go on forever. Yeah, it could. And also, we we made it uh, an intention not to use movies that we've already covered in previous podcast episodes. So yeah, for the most part. We're not going to like do another th- thing about The Thing or The Shining. The first movie on my list is Trick or Treat. Which I haven't seen. Well, you must. I've, I've heard that. Maybe this is your year. I don't think this is anyone's year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Trick or Treat is on my list. And I actually didn't see this for a really long time until I was in like my mid-20s, which wasn't that long ago at all. Uh, but she's she's 26 (laughs) like yeah (laughs) so this just it hasn't been on my list forever because it took me a while to see it but once I finally saw it I was like oh my god I've been missing out this whole time so trick-or-treat is like 
first of all, you can tell immediately why it's on my list. It literally takes place on Halloween, so that's about as Halloween as it gets. Yeah. And it's a horror anthology, so it has several different stories, but they are all connected. It's all taking place in the same town on the same night. Mm -hmm. So there's a common thread, which most anthology films have something like that. Yeah. Um, And that makes for a better anthology film. But this movie is just really fun. It's lighthearted, but still very horrific. And Mm -hmm. there are very creepy elements. And it's not so lighthearted and comedic that it is like a children's Halloween movie. Right. Even though it kind of has that aesthetic. Mm -hmm. It looks like something you'd like flip on ABC Family or something or whatever it's called now. Yeah. Like it still has disturbing and creepy stuff to it. It's got like a little bit of slasher, a little bit of monster. Like there's a vampire, there's werewolves, there's like zombie ghost children. Like it's... It's the spirit of Halloween store made into a movie. <laughs> Basically, yes. It's just fun and surprisingly good. I wasn't expecting to like it that much. So that's like my number one pick. I mean, this isn't a ranked list, but that would be like my number one Halloween movie pick. To give people that Halloween feeling. Yeah, the vibe that I was talking that about. That vibe. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and I think that you you spoke about this very briefly at the beginning but there is there's something to be said about movies that take themselves sort of they're definitely scary or they they are intended to be scary but they also have a level a great example of this is hereditary which is not on either of our lists today but mm-hmm. it's worth talking about for a moment i think because hereditary is horrific and disturbing and heavy and bleak right up until the end and then it becomes a ghost movie like a a scary witch movie in the final act and to me that's when it gets fun it switches from being heavy and emotionally cumbersome to being like you're just having fun getting scared basically which is like that's to me the end of hereditary is like that's Halloween vibes. Yeah, absolutely. And Hereditary isn't doesn't do it in like a comedic way. Right. I think a lot of horror movies that make great Halloween movies tend to have a comedic edge sometimes. Like yeah. think of like Scream or like Drag Me to Hell, which is more like satire or whatever. Yeah. Well, Scream is, is like the ultimate meta threat of uh, slasher movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so those kind of tend to have comedic elements the Evil Dead 2 is a really good example. Evil Dead 2 is so good. And I really don't normally like that kind of thing. Like, if I want to watch a horror movie, I don't want the comedy with it. Yeah. But there are a lot of exceptions. Um, and some movies do it really well. Some movies do it incredibly well. Evil Dead is a great example and was almost on my list. You know, you, the, the first Evil Dead, I think, was essentially like a student art house film that when Sam Raimi got more money, he made it again in the first, like, 40 minutes of Evil Dead 2. And then the rest of Evil Dead 2 is just, like, a weird madhouse slapstick comedy horror movie all wrapped up in one, which is super fun and, and really well done. Um, but there, you don't always want that. Like, the, that's one vibe that you can get from, like, a Halloween movie. And then there are are other times where you're okay with it taking itself more seriously, but there's always an element of fun, I think, to Halloween movies Mm -hmm. where everyone's sort of reveling in 
the darkness of it, the macabre nature of the holiday. If you like Halloween, I mean, if you don't, then I don't know why are you listening to this podcast. Sure, why you're here? (laughs) Just get out, get out of here. Not get out. That's a good one too. But we're not going to talk about that either. Uh, Okay, so my list is also not in any order. I just wanted to maybe shine some light on uh, a lesser known or less talked about movie. I just saw The Cell for the first time in my life yesterday. And The Cell is by Tarsum Singh, who did The Fall. He did, what is that movie? Immortals? He, he's, a, he's a gorgeous filmmaker. Everything he does is so beautiful. And this movie is no exception. It's absolutely stunning. It feels like if Seven met Alice in Wonderland or something. Like, it's so crazy and beautiful and disturbing and weird. Uh, it's not necessarily, like, the most Halloween vibey, but I think it definitely captures that that feeling of, like, reveling in the imagery of of darkness and all that stuff and making it beautiful and artistic in a way when it could just be dark. I mean, seven is mostly just a dark gritty movie. It's filmed really well, but it's not like beautiful, but this movie feels like it's all that darkness and grittiness, but it's put through this like beautiful filter of imagination and like Lewis Carroll insanity. So, and also just like amazing performances from, Vincent D'Onofrio and Vince Vaughn and stuff. You're not even going to mention Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer Lopez is beautiful. She's a young, beautiful woman. Uh, I wasn't about to mention her acting. No, but I do think she's probably one of the identifying characteristics of the movie in general, just because it came out in the 90s. Yes. And she was popular at that time. Yeah, I mean, she was probably at the height of her fame at that time. And... She is beautiful. I mean, I think she was used as like a picturesque sort of thing. Yeah. Um, there are certain scenes where she just looks like a painting, as does so much of what we're seeing. Um, yeah, it's just a gorgeous, disturbing movie that I think is going to be in my brain for a long time. And it felt like an appropriate time of year to watch a movie like that. So I would, I would recommend it if you can stomach the bad things uh, and you like those other movies we mentioned definitely check it out next on my list i have nightmare on elm street a classic such a classic and that's one of the reasons it's on this list it's a classic horror movie but i also think it makes a great halloween movie one of my favorite actually memories of this movie is like a few years ago we went to go see it in theater at the nick yeah and that's sort of like an indie theater near where we are anyways And it was on Halloween night because Halloween was on a weekday. Mm -hmm. And there just weren't a ton of people there. It was like quiet and like weird and kind of like dingy in there because I feel like it always is like that. A little bit, yeah. And it was later at night. And I hadn't seen it for like a long time. So it was almost like seeing it through new eyes. Definitely. Same for me. And I like fell in love with it all over again. I don't know. It was just like the right vibe for that for that Halloween just, for me. Just vibing. Like, I need to we stop. Were just vibing. I need to stop using that word. It's it's an appropriate word. I mean, like that's the motif of this episode. Is yeah, vibe. I know. It so. gave me all the Halloween feelings I needed. It's 
I don't want to say it's light. It's not necessarily light and comedic. Like, it's pretty dark, actually. Yeah. The whole idea of Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger. But it's and, playful. Yeah, exactly. At it's very playful. Yeah. And as a character, he's very kind of goofy and playful. Yeah, he's cartoony. A yeah. Bit. yeah. Cartoony, but like in the most terrifying way. Yeah. And then also they have kind of goofy like exaggerations. For example, the scene when Johnny Depp gets taken into his bed and then yeah. the big like Turn into blood. an ocean of blood. Yeah. An ocean of blood is goofy in and of itself because obviously no human body has an ocean of, of blood. blood. Yeah, but I love that scene so much. Oh, it's great! It's so good. It's great. Yeah the the scene where she's getting tormented by an invisible, you know, bladed, gloved man, and you can see it like cutting through her clothing and stuff. You know, like that. Such a cool like early practical effects sort of moment. And I, I think, too, like you said, I think this movie is very aware of the fact that, like, teenagers are going to go watch it and have fun getting scared at this movie together and have this, like, communal cinema experience, which you and I replicated as best we can for people in our generation. Yeah, it's just, it's a very good Halloween vibe. It is. And it's so 80s. So <laughs> very It's 80s. very 80s. So if you like that, yeah, too, then... In the best way. In the best way. So, Nightmare on Elm Street. Just great. Uh, my next one is, uh, I'm going to do, let's say, Blair Witch Project. That's a good one. So, the Blair Witch Project, I saw when it first came out. Yep. Uh, terrified me. And one of my first experiences seeing it, because I saw it many times growing up, was uh, I was at my friend's camp. And... Uh, he lived, the camp was like on a mountain and at, I don't know, three in the morning, we had finished watching it on VHS in a tent down at the bottom of the mountain. I'm sorry. You watched the Blair Witch Project for the first time in the middle of the woods? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then we followed that experience by going up the mountain to get to our tent, which is at the top of the mountain at like three in the morning or whatever. So that was one of the scariest nights of my life. And I will never forget that. But that was that was a fun scary. That was like, it was the right time of year. You know, it was like summer going into fall. There were lots of empty trees with just branches. Yeah. Everything looked and sounded exactly like the movie because I was just going by flashlight and, you know. And, and it's one of those things where you're probably all scared together. So everyone's oh, yeah. like over spooking each other. Yeah, like. it was just me and my one friend. Oh, it was, it was just, just you two? Us, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we were absolutely horrified though. And we got up to the tent, you know, peeing ourselves. And we woke up peeing ourselves. And, um, I, I did sleep. I don't really know how that happened, but I, I eventually fell asleep. Uh, but I think like a deer came by and like brushed our tent or something. Oh, no. So there was the sound of something hitting the tent while we were there. It was very scary. I was having a scary time as a, as a child. Yeah, no, that's so scary. Blair Witch Project is, I feel like it's one of the pioneers of, if not the pioneer of like the found footage film. Yeah. I mean, I think before that we had what, like Cannibal Holocaust and like a couple yeah. other randos, but Blair Witch Project like put found footage on the map uh, for horror movies and just such a perfect sort of blending of 
taking what seems like very naturalistic experience on this footage and combining it with creepy things without ever really showing you the threat. That, I thought, was the genius of the movie, was you never really see what they're dealing with. Uh, it's all implied. It's all implied, and it's all so dark and unclear. And even when you see things, it's like the, the fidelity of the video is low enough that you, you don't even really know what you're looking at a lot of the time. Yeah, you ask yourself, did I even see something? Yeah, and it starts so innocently because it's like just these three like college students going on a project together into the woods and they clearly are, are just like video nerds and they all have like their audio video equipment and uh she's attempting to make like some fun journalistic thing out of out of nothing and they meet a few weirdos in the town you know like harbingers of their own doom but they don't know at the time and it's like you see this a lot in other scary movies like texas chainsaw massacre or uh, hills have eyes or whatever but like the the way that it is done as found footage feels so authentic and it was so well executed it's actually amazing to me that like for being sort of a pioneer of the genre it's maybe like the most well realized as feeling real and authentic yeah and i think you touched on the two things that make this movie so good at being scary the first is the found footage aspect because that makes it more realistic and the more realistic something feels the scarier it is yeah and then second of all the implied horror the amount of things that you don't see yeah and i do think that because of that this movie like if you've heard a lot of hype about the movie and then you go to watch it, you might be thinking, "I just watched nothing for a yeah, while." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But those people suck. Yeah, yeah. Just I don't know. Just go in without the expectation. Uh, yeah, I would say try to keep an open mind. Uh, I would try to acknowledge the fact that a lot of movies have come out since then that wouldn't exist without it, and acknowledge that it was a pioneer in so many ways uh, for modern horror. Just try to have fun with it. I mean, it, it's a fun, scary movie to me. I think it's really... It is. It's like the right amount of creepy. It's not gory. Right. Like, you like could, at all. Right. It's, you could watch this with like your family and not feel awkward about it or something. Yeah, yeah there's nothing like overtly sexual, which a lot of horror movies yes. have. And um, I think that's horror is tied into sex fetishism as like a genre thing like mm -hmm. i i get why those things are combined nightmare on elm street does that too you know like that's yes oh yeah that's just a thing that teen movies tend to have like really exaggerated elements to them because i think teenagers like experiencing gratuity it's like a rite of passage almost but anyway this movie doesn't really have any of that and it's it's still so scary despite having almost none of what you see in most horror movies. Um, I had another experience with this movie where I was very young and we watched it with my aunt and like a friend came over and we like made the little stick figures that are like hanging in the trees and stuff. We like decorated the living room and stuff. Like a Okay, Blair you're turning party. Blair Witch into like Rocky Horror Picture yeah. Show and like getting into it. We basically it. did that, yeah. And then we watched it and oh, that was great. That was great. That movie can, to this day, give me chills. I need to watch it again. I think it holds up. Oh, for sure. Yeah, which it's so good. Is impressive. Yeah, given you know what it is, 
it was probably made with like literally no money. Yeah. And it still is one of the most well executed horror movies, I would say, of the last like 30 years. That's really impressive. Absolutely. Definitely belongs on this list. Yes. And my next movie is another found footage film. Paranormal Activity. Yep. And this is another one. I feel like anytime there is a popular movie, whether it be horror or whatever, you're going to have a camp of people that think it's overrated. And I do understand the criticism, but this movie belongs on this list for me. Absolutely. I, I love this movie. Me too. And I think it brought the found... So Blair Witch happened in the 90s. It was yeah? like 99. 99. Like, yeah. yeah, the very end of the 90s. And then Paranormal Activity kind of brought it back i feel like it was like the second wave yeah Yeah, like the second wave of found footage um i mean there have been many since then sure yeah but as far as like mainstreaming found footage horror yeah yeah and they used to release them around halloween too yeah so i think that for me is what kind of sets it as a halloween movie like it used to just be like a halloween release kind of thing it's a tradition Yeah. yeah but so Paranormal Activity is found footage, and it is also a possession movie. And possession slash demon movies are, to me, the most scary. The vibe. That is. <laughs> those are the movies that scare me. Yeah. Horror is like a weird genre because, especially if you watch a lot of it, which both of us do. Yeah. There's not much that you're going to say scares you. Right, yeah. It's about, you know, creep factor. Like, it's a little more nuanced than I was scared. You could say, it's almost like you could say it is scary, but I wasn't scared. Yeah. And that's okay. Yes, exactly. So, I I don't know. So, I get annoyed when people's criticism of a horror movie is it wasn't scary. Yeah. Because I want to know in what way. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. Did you not not get jump scared? Did you not... So for me, a movie is scary if I'm thinking about it at 3 a.m. in my bed. Exactly. And this movie did that to me. Mm -hmm. So to me, Paranormal Activity was scary and creepy. And it's another like example of a low-budget film that didn't need a whole lot of anything. Pizzazz. I was going to say pizzazz. (laughs) And I was like, that's dumb. (laughs) Yeah, but it's also what it is. It is. Like, it didn't need frills. It had very simple practical effects the found footage thing we were basically just watching it on camera slash like security footage of a house is what it was made to look like yeah and there were a lot of implied horror things there so paranormal activity is scary and i stand by that it is a great halloween film again it's not overly there's not a lot of gore there's not a lot of sexual elements it's just scary it's pretty much just spooky yeah yeah, I I also think that the demon possession thing and, like, witchcraft and stuff like that and, and ghosts are one of the scarier things in, in scary movies. And um, this movie did a great job. I think it did a great job of, like, you're finding out, you know, like, as it, as it goes on, you see more and more of, like, the empowerment of the force against them by their believing in it and by their acknowledging it and there's a lot of like unspoken demonology that's like occurring in the movie that you know unless you care about demon stuff which i think is cool like you wouldn't necessarily understand why things are happening but that doesn't take away from the fact that they probably don't either so it's still scary and it's still very 
it's it's very much a a movie that we feel like could happen to any of us based on the way it was made and there are very subtle things that happen in that movie that are like instantly hair raising because they're they could happen and like you know you you wouldn't know why they happened or uh, yeah the whole movie too is like building anticipation yeah you get these little hints of little demonic events or i don't know whatever you want to call it little happenings in the house or to the people yeah and so i might call it paranormal activity oh you said it (laughs) but you're always waiting for like the next thing so there's a lot of time like a lot of times where we're just looking at security footage of a person going about their life in an empty room and you just kind of on edge waiting for what's going to happen and it doesn't happen it doesn't happen until it finally does. Yeah. That's another thing that makes it good. It's also, I think, a movie that does jump scares well. I don't like when something just, like, jumps out at the camera and does, like, a, yeah. like a screamy, stupid thing. Like, just to scare the audience. Just to scare the audience. Like, that. remember that, like, viral video on YouTube of, like, a car The car and the, yeah. And it turns into a monster. That is funny because I think that's stupid. Like, that's not good horror that's yeah. just literally like oh you're a human in a body right humans yeah. react to things so boom here's yeah. the and like there's I, a jump scare with a purpose yeah there's jump it scares exists. that happen in this movie that are like things falling or you know like that it's really subtle stuff and i i love that like you hear something but you don't see it or if you see it it's like it's just an object landing and making noise or it's not a monster popping out and making a, a oogie boogie noise like that that's so dumb usually and this movie just is not about that it's it's so much better than that it is excellent film great halloween edition yeah what do you got next so my next one um i've talked about this movie a lot in my life uh and i'm not about to stop it's the witch the witch is when it came out, it basically became my favorite movie since Alien. Like, it it blew me away. Absolutely incredible. High praise. High pr- Kind of, yeah. I I really... I I couldn't believe how, how much this movie lived up to my insanely high expectations. I don't expect it to for everyone. That's not what I'm saying. This is about, like, for me personally, this movie is Halloween. This movie I I love so much because I feel like Robert Eggers, he's a New Englander. I feel like it's a love letter to New England. Um, Our, you know, less than perfect puritanical roots, uh, but they're still human that, you know, he, he really tapped into. There are so many memories I have of playing around in the woods at, as a kid and until it gets dark and getting scared and scaring myself and running home that look exactly like where they are in this movie. This movie feels so much like my deepest childhood fears made manifest. And I love that so much about it. I think there's a really personal aspect to it uh, for me. And obviously that's not going to hit everyone the same. I mean, no. And this is definitely one of those movies that, won't right like i don't think you could recommend it to everyone yeah or at least 
make sure people have an open mind. It is kind of slow burn. Yeah, like if you're not into artsy movies, it's probably not for you. Yeah, but it's also not so artsy that I think like someone couldn't be persuaded into it, you know? Right. It's not inaccessible and it's not so weird. Like we were just talking about Beyond the Black Rainbow and how I like that movie, you don't like that movie. And that's a that's a weird movie and it's a super slow burn and it's it's almost like a non movie for It's some like people. a it exists to be like art. Yeah. Horror art. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, and we had a friend that asked for horror movie recommendations, and Eric recommended this movie. I said, no, that is bad. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine, because it is it is a very subjective sort of movie. But I think The Witch is, it's not that divisive. It's no. not that sort of unsafe of a recommendation. It really does have, like, horror vibes that I think anyone who likes horror would like. Yeah. If anything, I think it could maybe surprise people. Yes. Like, if you just go into it with a little bit of an open mind and don't expect your typical, like, B-movie, horror, blockbuster kind of thing. Yeah. You might find yourself kind of digging it and at the end be like, oh, I liked that more than I thought. If you feel like you can, like, get into a vibe, (laughs) like a a Halloween vibe, (laughs) this movie defines that to me. And I think we did want to talk briefly about a, a much lighter movie hocus pocus um in this podcast but it's actually it's interesting to compare those two movies uh because the the witch is essentially a very very serious version of hocus pocus like that you know the new england witchcraft witch trials puritanical thing yes and i feel like a movie didn't quite have justice done to that until the witch happened we had the more realistic ones of the Crucible. Is that what it's called? The you know the old like witchcraft movie with Daniel Day Lewis, where like no one's actually a witch. It's just the witch trials, and everyone's stupid and thinks there's witches, and people get killed, and it's really dumb. That's what really happened. And this movie is like what really happened through the lens of someone who believes in witches from that time. Right. Which is amazing and so cool and makes it so much scarier, I think. It does. The whole what if there were witches, though. Yeah, because that's what they thought. Like, they actually came from Europe with these ideas that, like, witches were real and Satan was real. And, you know, all these puritanical beliefs were really intense and and they and this mythology was real to them. And I think this movie just perfectly captures all of that old world fear. It's almost like it's not for us. It's like it's a movie for Puritans to watch and be freaked out about. Yeah. And also I think what's really good about it too is you don't know if you should believe in it when you're watching it. Yeah, yeah. Like you're watching it through kind of their eyes, assuming that witches are real, but you don't actually know if that horror exists in the realm of this movie. So... It's sort of a guessing game until the very end. Yeah. The supernatural elements of it are unclear. And it's very obfuscating as you go. You, you, It's like there's this fog around the truth of it. And even as it ends, you're like, you can think about, did this actually happen? Or is this symbolic of something? And I think from a Puritan's mind, that is just what happened. Like, they wouldn't question that that was like the reality of that movie's plot 
And that's genius to me to basically make a movie that's like four Puritans. <laughs> like that's crazy and, and genius and really bold of uh, Robert Eggers for a first movie um, to make something so unsafe, you know, even just the language is so period accurate and alienating to modern audiences. Absolutely. You have to really listen. The next movie on my list, we're not going to probably talk about for all that long because we did a whole episode on it. And that is The Shining. So The Shining, another classic in the horror genre, but it feels like a Halloween movie to me. Yep. During the time of Halloween, it's always on TV. Yep. It's so long. It is long. Yeah, it is long. It's a journey. It's an immersive journey. Yes. But The Shining has just so many creepy little horror elements to it that I think just make for like a good Halloween movie, I guess. There's ghosts. There's a little bit of a slasher element. Mm -hmm. There's like... The mental breakdown. Mental breakdown. Yeah, exactly. And then isolation and quiet. It's just... This works for Halloween. Yeah, I stan (laughs) The Shining as a Halloween vibe. All right, what's next on your list? So the next one on my list is... Basically, I feel like we're making a list of like movies that you should tell people to watch. Your list and movies that you shouldn't tell people to watch, (laughs) which is my list. Which is your list. (laughs) Uh, And the next one uh, falls right into that. Uh, That's the movie Antichrist. Okay, and I haven't seen this one. You haven't seen Antichrist. I haven't seen Trick or Treat. So we both have homework here. Yeah, we do. Um, Antichrist is a Lars von Trier joint, and it is one of the most disturbing movies I've ever seen. Question, is this currently streaming anywhere? You know, I don't know. Let's just watch it right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you guys can just sit with us and yeah. watch it in silence. This has turned into like a riff track. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so Antichrist is currently on Amazon Prime to rent or buy. Okay. And it's also on the Criterion channel. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So this movie, a lot like The Witch, I feel like these are almost companion piece movies, but this movie is honestly more disturbing than than The Witch. I think The Witch is, it has that element of like, we're a bit removed because it's, it's a historical movie. And I think there's a feeling of safety in that when you're watching it. But this movie feels very much like the horrors of the old world have not been reduced in their power by it being the modern world. Really, really stunning performances from Willem Dafoe and um, Charlotte Gainsbourg. They both, it's just like an incredibly like naked, honest, brutal performance from both of them. There's so much sort of ASMR horror in this movie of like just sounds that are way too much and extreme and can they they bring me right back to like being in a place in a time and hearing things there's this repeating motif of like acorns falling from a tree onto the roof of the camp that they're staying in and that sound is like i just remember hearing that growing up like acorns falling on roofs and stuff roofs plural (laughs) yeah it's 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 got all that, but it's also, it's about witchcraft in a very sort of indirect way. It's about, I would say too, womanhood and motherhood and sexuality in the midst of, of all these things. And 
the relationship of man to woman and how both of those things have been like mythologized uh, over the course of human history and how witchcraft is almost like a product of mythologizing a woman's sexuality and stuff like that. Um, and the sort of feral, untethered, raw, natural aspect of a woman who is not like controlled by a man. There's so much of that in this movie. And I think the witch does a great job with that too. But this movie is like really visceral and really raw and super disturbing. I'm actually very excited. There's not like a ton of horror movies, especially ones that people would consider essential that I haven't seen. Yeah. You got to see Antichrist. There's some great practical effects in it too that are like just so creative. Some imagery that will be with me forever. Some of it for good and some of it for not. <laughs> but it is incredibly affecting and, and jarring. And it's sort of just like a perfect, you know, if you if you want horror to be something that truly messes with you and not just because it's gory or, you know, not the not the standard reasons that this movie it hits the right things. It's it's that vibe. Awesome. Can't wait to watch that. Yeah. So I'm down to the last movie on my list. And that is Halloween. Oh, I've heard of that. Have you? <laughs> this little known film called Halloween? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's not very original of me to put a movie called Halloween on a Halloween essential list, but also, what would this list be without it? It's very appropriate. I think so. I can't... Okay, now I have to start listing all the things I love about this and why. Things which I love. Hard, which everything. is hard. Things, things I, I love. Things I love. Nothing. <laughs> so... Halloween is great because it cares about filmmaking. It is like a slasher movie and a horror movie. And I think horror movies get a bad rap. Like, I don't know. They're not often considered in like in good filmmaking. Yeah, they don't win awards. Yeah. People don't think about necessarily think about good filmmaking unless which doesn't make sense. Because well, I'm it's, just it's a huge it's a travesty. Like Because there's... I'm automatically thinking of all these really great examples of that. I mean like The Shining and it's like amazing. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like yeah. the camera work and all those things. Yeah. The final shot of Texas Chainsaw Massacre is brilliant. Like, yeah. And then there's like a really good dolly shot too in yeah. there that's talked about a lot. But yes, Halloween is one of those movies where it's like good filmmaking. Yeah. There's great shots in it. Yeah. They have a really good use of sound. And lack of sound and music. The music's really good. Music's excellent. Yep. By John Carpenter. Yes. John Carpenter scores most of his own movies. Which is awesome just to me. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. He's so cool. And it has obviously the air of Halloween because it is Halloween. Takes place on Halloween. <laughs> and it's got this like foreboding atmosphere. I mean, it is it is not the first slasher film. But it is one of the more essential slasher films. I think it kind of jump-started the genre or gave it new life. I think it made them more popular. Yeah, for sure. I mean, a lot of people think it did invent the slasher genre. So I think there's a ton of merit to what you're saying. Yeah. So that part could be argued, but it's definitely yeah a pioneer in slasher movies. I mean, if you think of horror movie killers mike myers is michael myers is one of the first yeah. that you think of comedian mike myers is yeah right at the top of the list and this movie has been kind of done to death i mean i'm talking about the original here but then it has like a million sequels yeah there is a remake by rob zombie yep there's a sort of retelling by john carpenter that came out a few years ago 
Mm-hmm. It is technically a sequel, but it's just called Halloween. Nice. And it. That's not confusing. Did you see that? I I have not seen that. I actually really liked it. Really? It's a lot like the original Halloween, and it has a lot of the elements that that movie had in it. But they're trying to just do it again, basically. Yeah. And it's treated as a sequel, so I think he ignores all the other sequels, which I love when filmmakers do that. Yeah. And he's saying this is happening after the first movie, and it's Jamie Lee Curtis's character with her children and grandchildren, and basically this all happens again. Yeah, what a bummer. I know. <laughs> and everyone's treating her like she's crazy the whole movie. Yeah, that's that's what you love, is when it definitely happened, and then everyone still thinks you're crazy. Yeah, well, I love the moment when everyone's like, oh. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Guess you were right. Guess you were right, <laughs> as their heads are getting cut off. I really liked the kind of sequel slash reimagining. Mm-hmm. But um, the original. Yes. Is great, iconic, definitely a Halloween movie, definitely disturbing and creepy, but also just really well done. Yeah. I think you bringing up it being done to death is a valid conversation about Halloween movies in general and, and horror movies is the sort of like over inundation of sequels that we get that seem to just dip further and further in quality uh, as we get further away from the original and obviously that can get broken up a bit um with like some random gems in these franchises but you know halloween the first halloween is just an amazing standalone movie super spooky very ominous like you said it it feels like the whole movie is like building up to something happening but there isn't a lot happening and i think a lot of horror movies especially once we're like down the road in a franchise, they lose that aspect of like building to something. They're just like, we already know what the threat is, so we have to just sort of get to it. And then we get Freddy vs. Jason. I think they're almost like a realized fantasy. Like you watch these movies and you want to know more. Right. But knowing more ruins the whole point of the movie. Yeah, completely. But at the same time, I think there's fun to be had with those bad sequels like i think the reason that we got like six paranormal activities is because people were so excited about going to the movie movies and getting scared communally which is such a unique experience for humans to have that we you know go and like choose to be scared as a group it's super weird but like there's I, i remember i was seeing paranormal activity 2 in theaters i'd already seen the first one when it came out second one came out the following halloween and the theater was packed. Like, it was opening night. The theater was absolutely packed. I went there with a friend, and right next to us sat, like, two 16-year-old girls. And I was like, this is amazing. Because their reactions were so good. You know, they, they were gasping and screaming, like, the whole movie. And, like, there are movies designed to go to the movies to feel that. That's not an, it's not a piece of art. Paranormal Activity 5 is not a piece of art. <laughs> Paranormal Activity 5 is a movie that you see, want to see with like 12 other people who are super freaked out. And it's really fun to have that sort of communal fear. Even though they're scared, you know, they're having a good time. I don't want anyone to be like having a bad time. But like people who want to be scared and go to scary movies and freak out and leave and they're laughing because they're like, oh my God, that was so scary. I love that. That's just like a general thing that seems to happen a lot with horror movies, especially like 
the less artsy ones is is that we just get endless sequels of Halloween or Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street or Hellraiser and why does it happen except well other than money right um there is a reason other than money yeah and I I think that it's not because they think they're making these great worthy sequels I think it's because they know people want to go on Halloween together to a movie and be scared and there's something special about that yeah it's literally for fun it's for fun and that's what the sequels are like they're not always good movies no they're often not good movies. <laughs> most of the time not good yeah but they are often fulfilling the specific need of just giving people more of that fun that scary fun that people like to have yeah Halloween is excellent all right so it's time for my last movie this was super hard honestly boiling this down to five there's this is the only vampire movie on my list and there are so many vampire movies that I could put on this list. I do want to talk just very quickly about Nosferatu because it, like, you know, it created horror as a genre, basically. Like, it it brought that world to cinema and defined so much of, like, the gothic horror imagery that we still love and appreciate as filmgoers. Honestly, that that movie is just as likely to be on this list. But I chose Bram Stoker's Dracula, which is what they call Francis Ford Coppola's remake of Dracula from 1992 or whatever. Um, Confused yet? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. He called it that because Bram Stoker, the author of Dracula. It's um, his version. It's like as close to his version of it as I think a movie has gotten, basically. Right. Um. Still kind of weird. It's kind of a weird call. I think most people just colloquially call it Dracula, but that in itself is confusing because there's like 18 Dracula There movies. are so many iterations of Dracula. Yeah. And, and I think this is a great one for your list because, just to throw it out there, any of those classic, like, quote-unquote monster movies like Frankenstein, Dracula, yeah. um, even Nosferatu, which is like a different kind of Dracula vampire yeah. movie, any of those are great for Halloween. Oh, yeah, they're they're... They're all iconic and they're mostly fun because monster monster movies are like the most fun of scary movies to me because it's like they're so unrealistic. Exactly. They're most out of the realm of reality that you could be. And you're just like, oh, this is just this is just ridiculous and fun. And it can be actually scary, but it's like at the end of the day, it was a monster. That's right. Like, it loses the touch of realism that yeah. like a slasher or you know, possession movie, depending yeah, on yeah. what you believe <laughs> has with it. Right. And I think that just gives it an air of you are just having fun with it. But at the same time, I think that Bram Stoker's novel was brilliantly written as a, a series of like correspondences between character. Instead of being written as like a third person narrative, it's like a bunch of letters that characters wrote to each other. Which is like really lends it an air of authenticity. I think it's like the found footage. It's the found of footage books. of literature. Yeah, it's exactly it. It's like the found footage of literature, and that adds so much. I think gravitas to it and feeling of like this could have happened, even though it's a monster and it's crazy. And the the movie, this movie in particular, is so interesting because it's sort of like the ultimate '90s goth 
movie uh, aesthetically. Like it's very nineties. Very nineties. And I hope people know what I mean when I say things are very eighties or very nineties. <laughs> I think that that's like a universal. It's a vibe. Okay. <laughs> it's a vibe, you know. Because it is very nineties. <laughs> Uh, it's very, very 90s. You've got Winona Ryder and Keanu Reeves at like the height of their popularity. Keanu Reeves does the worst British accent you've ever heard in your entire life. And I always love Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder's great. Like, Anthony Hopkins is Van Helsing. Incredible. Gary Oldman playing basically like four different versions of Dracula in this movie. Absolutely amazing. There are incredible, incredible scenery-chewing character performances in this movie, and there's also really bad, like, pops, pop star-type performances in this movie, and it's all mashed together, and it makes it so strange and off-kilter, but I think that gives it so much charm, and it there's such a comfort to it, you know? Monica Bellucci is, like, one of the Dracula's wives and, like, the three wives coming out of the thing to, like, molest and then eat Keanu Reeves like amazing scene like that it's so sexy and like yeah. weird and- Dracula is definitely and even vampire films in general are like this but Dracula is super sexual oh yeah I mean as even as a myth like they're, they're yeah oh yeah in general yeah, it, it is all the way up to like the way that they're portrayed in, in movies and television now I mean True Blood is basically softcore porn uh of yeah. a tv show but it mixed with like a soap opera or something. But the what I love about this movie is it's it's mostly authentic to the book and I and I love that, but there are such bizarre choices in the making of this movie. Like all the fighting at the beginning where it's showing like Vlad the Impaler like becoming Dracula and it's showing like silhouettes of armies battling each other. And they're clearly models. And then, like, later on, you actually see the modern wonders of the world in, like, the 1890s. And it's, like, model battles and stuff. It's, like, this weird homage to, like, the earliest days of film. And also all the crazy technology that was coming out, like, at that time. You know, we were going through this this incredible revolution of inventions um, with, like, electricity and film and all these automated things that were happening all at once in the world. It's all so interesting and and it's hard to even imagine what it must have felt like to be a citizen of that world with everything changing so rapidly. And the movie really leans into that, but also Dracula is like tying them to the old world. So I feel like it's all about blending old and new and it uses all this weird effects that were basically being used in like 1920s filmmaking for like the special and practical effects and stuff. There's so many practical effects in this movie and it's so cool to see like all these really old techniques and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just a crazy movie. It is. It's a lot of fun to watch and it could be fun to make fun of too. It can be. There there are parts that are very easy to make fun of. There are parts that are like just genuinely very good. The imagery and, like, the set design and the costume design is so... Like, it defined gothic vampirism forever after this movie. And I just can't say enough about it. As far as just, like, how interesting and weird and fun it is. Yeah. And that gothic... I'm not saying vibe again. That gothic vibe? No, I'm not doing it. That gothic aura or whatever yeah. is very Halloween. 
Oh yeah, I mean like that's that is Halloween. That is Halloween. Like you know, one in three people is a is a is a Dracula for right. Halloween. So and it's like, like, have you been in a haunted house? There's right. probably chandeliers and cobwebs yeah. or something. That's that is the look of horror. Yeah. Is like ancient Gothic, and that comes from there was sort of a wave of like Gothic write, horror writers like right before movies became a thing. You know, like we got Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, Bram Stoker's Dracula, The Invisible Man. We got all these like monsters that came from old lore but they were like suddenly became really in to do like that kind of thing and it's carried on into into movies because there's like a it's such a great medium for sensationalism it's sort of like it's the cutting edge for sensational spectacle and maybe in the future it'll be 3d or you know we'll be scared by an oculus or something i don't know what you know the next thing will be but i feel like horror will always be right there at the edge because it's such a pushing visceral experience compared to other genres and halloween will always be the core of where we annually celebrate that so those are our lists yeah uh our combined list of 10 essential halloween movies there's a bunch of movies that we should probably do honorable mentions for. Yeah. And also I wanted to touch a little bit on the horror genre because there are so many subgenres and like Halloween-y type of horror movies, like yeah. one of them. And we talked about how it's kind of underrated in terms of filmmaking in general. Like people overlook really well done horror in terms of like mainstream or like award shows and stuff. But I don't think in general it goes unnoticed. Yeah. But... Horror is the genre, like the go-to genre for allegory and social and political commentary. Like it is the perfect vehicle for all of those things. And you see that in almost every horror movie. It's not always to be taken at face value. And there are so many different examples of that. I know one we were just talking about too was uh, Mother. Yeah. That movie is not a what you see is what you get. That whole movie. That just is an allegory. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It just allegory as film is exactly (laughs) and then you have movies like get out with like a lot of political commentary but it also is horror and it's a little bit of like a possession film in a sense and i just think horror can be underrated as a genre yeah i think it is widely disrespected uh from like an award-winning standpoint i think the people who you know i think true cinephiles know and they pay attention and Ari Aster is like on top of the world right now because people know that Ari Aster is making some of the best movies of our generation. But when you look at like what Roger Ebert has ever said about a horror movie or like, you know, the old guard of horror review and critique and there was never much mainstream respect for horror movies. I don't know exactly why that is other than that people think that the the genre itself is gratuitous and therefore can't be considered balanced art, but... And it can be at times. Like, there's sure. a lot... There was an era of, like, what they call, like, torture porn or gore yeah. porn where basically the purpose is to just watch people die in, like, the most grotesque ways. And I don't think most of those films are saying a whole lot. So that exists. Right. Like, they're, they're feeding on some visceral, human, primal violent thing i mean we're all you know part carnivore so i think like it's just flicking that predator switch in our brains right but then we have other movies you know that do have more behind them or at least they have sub themes i know nightmare on elm street 
too touches a lot on like teenage sexuality or we were talking about sexuality and whatever themes of sex in horror movies in general is really common too it follows yeah exactly that's like a great example yeah that movie is excellent could totally have made i think either of our lists it just didn't but and that i really like that movie too because the the allegory of sexuality among youth it's a little less linear of like what the message is in that movie i think it can be a little personally interpretive it can less linear but i do think you don't have to dig too hard either yeah no it's like you know movies like um cabin in the woods are like super overt about it there's a virgin that's like sacrificed literally there's just gods that like need this weird ritual to be performed every year yeah that movie is literally being like lol look yeah look we at kn- all the tropes. we know about yeah yeah <laughs> like is. it's 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 like Scream, where like it's super self-aware. It's making a movie about those things that just keep happening in these movies. But at the same time, it's a really good version of that trope happening. And Cabin in the Woods is super fun. It's a super fun movie. So fun. And I think I think to a certain extent, you almost kind of love the tropes. Like it makes it this familiar throwback, like... Ah, yes, we have the final girl. Like, yeah. love that. Well, that's, what, that's what's comforting <laughs> about the Halloween vibe, I think, is how often we're seeing these tropes replicated. It's not that we're seeing new scary things. It's that we're seeing familiar scary things that are almost comforting in a yeah. way. It's like, oh, look at this murder. I'm reminded of Mike, Michael Myers. Yeah. I loved Michael Myers. <laughs> yeah. I loved him in that movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's it's really funny um, how that functions, but I think, you know, we briefly talked about, or I briefly talked about Hocus Pocus and how that is essentially like a fun version of the witch or something, you know, like it's, it's, it's almost like a Disney movie version of, of the witch. And I think that that's, both of those movies have a place and they're both valid. I think that they're both very Halloween-y and they lean on different aspects of what is comforting and fun about halloween as an adult at least some other honorable mentions for halloween movies i feel like i want to say the nightmare before christmas yep because it's it is a movie about halloween land it's overtly (laughs) halloween (laughs) it just is halloween the movie and also like i guess if i'm thinking about kid-friendly movies i kind of like beetlejuice as a halloween movie beetlejuice is awesome I mean, really? Tim Burton is the Halloween See, guy. I love Beetlejuice. I didn't know that maybe other people would love it, too. I love Beetlejuice. It feels like a guilty pleasure. It shouldn't. It's Beetlejuice is awesome. I mean, I, lo- I think uh, Tim Burton's early career is incredible. Beetlejuice, he was, like, at the top of his game. Batman, 1989's Batman. Batman Returns was awesome. Pee-wee's Big Adventure, I think, is amazing. Like, all those movies are knockouts. Honorable mention for me, this is, again, more of a personal thing, but Event Horizon. Can't talk enough about that movie. It's so, it scared the life out of me as a child. I was so afraid when I first saw that movie. And to this day, the idea of a ship that uses hell as warp travel is incredible and creative and just awful. Uh, it's, it, that movie, that's firing on all cylinders for like a B horror movie, I think. Yeah. Well, hell is always makes for a good. Hell's hell a good is vibe. very Halloween. <laughs> yeah, hell, hell is very Halloweeny. <laughs> uh, actually, speaking of Hellraiser, I can't actually believe neither of us put 
any of those movies on our lists. My reason for not doing that is because they're they almost are too horror for me to put in specifically a Halloween category. I get that. Yeah, they're more more adult than that. I yeah. don't know how else to explain it, but Hellraiser is so visceral. It's so good. It's so intense. It's really good, and people should watch it. The but... first Hellraiser is like it's so good. Yeah. It's really gross. Like it, exactly. you know, like you have to want to see disturbing things, but. I love the idea that there's like this weird little puzzle box that if you accidentally open it, it's like you're just thrust into like a horrible hellscape where demons just give you all the excesses uh, imaginable and you turn into like a Cenobite or whatever. It's just, it's so good. It's awesome. A guy getting ripped apart by chains, like the hooks that come out of hell and rip him apart. Ugh, it's so good. I love that movie. See, yeah, like Hellraiser is good and scary and horrific, not necessarily fun. Yeah, no, I can I can definitely <laughs> see why you say that. I think the first one is kind of fun. Yeah. It's a little it's a little silly, a little campy, like the It's definitely campy. The the human relationships in that movie are like very soap opera-y and like ridiculous, but I think that's part of it. It's part of the charm of it and you know, that they were putting way more effort into making it horrific and scary than they were into making, like, a relationship drama movie. Yeah, it's great. It's great. So the movie Haunt is currently streaming on Shudder. That would be a good Halloween watch. I haven't seen Not it. one for the children, but it's but it's got the haunted house element. It's kind of gory, too, and, like, visceral and whatever, but it says Halloween to me. And I mean, arguably, you could say like Harry Potter is a Halloweeny. Harry Potter is like Halloween, Christmas, Thanksgiving, yeah, Labor Day, Memorial Day, Fourth of July. <laughs> I, I think there's a there's a Halloweeny spooky element to it, though. I think you know, Hogwarts feels very haunted housey. If, yeah, it does. Very gothic. It's it's comforting, but it's also dangerous and gothic and it really does feel like october is like the time for a harry potter marathon kind of thing so if anyone were to say harry potter is like their halloween movie i would totally get that yeah oh and also i know i could just keep going but i also want to mention american werewolf in london oh yeah that's that's a classic it's a classic it's taking one of the classic monsters a werewolf the movie is so good it's well done I saw it by accident my first time. It was just on TV. Oops. And I just accidentally started watching it. And I was just thinking, like, this is, like, really good. What is this? And it was the uh, American Werewolf in London. (laughs) Yeah, I actually only saw that movie for the first time really early this year, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Which is weird. I had just not come across it for whatever. Like, I knew about it and I knew I should see it. But I just had not. I never thought of it when I went to sit down to watch a movie. And I finally did, and it's excellent. It's so good. I love these movies, and that's kind of one of them, in a way, that end in an unexpected way. They don't tie things up with a bow. Yeah. I love that about American Werewolf in London. It feels like it ends really abruptly. Oh, yeah. And then The Witch is very much like that. It ends weird. Yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street is like that, too. It ends not with a pretty little bow on it. Yeah, that does, that's not a good ending at all. <laughs> So I love when movies do that, too. So that is our list of essential Halloween movies. If you're looking for something to watch to get into the spooky mood, 
any of those would be a good choice. There are plenty of others out there as well. I'm sure we're going to kick ourselves for forgetting later. Tell us what your favorite Halloween movies are. Yeah, very interested. We would love to hear from you. And you can tell us via email at weirdflicksbutokpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So you can email us or find us on social media. Until next time.